0: If you wish to perceive that limitless felicity, limit yourself if only for a moment. If you wish to realize how fearfully and wonderfully God's image is made, stand on one leg. Welcome to Pints with Chesterton. I am Marie Bates. And today I am joined by another millennial, but not a millennial woman, millennial gentleman, Thomas Graff. Welcome to Pints with Chesterton. Hello,
1: Marie. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for joining me. You like Chesterton. And when we were doing our study of orthodoxy, you got very excited about a particular chapter. What is your favorite chapter of orthodoxy?
1: I did get very excited when you uh, were getting ready to record the paradoxes of Christianity. That's... Uh, That's probably my favorite thing I've read of Chesterton, which, you know, relatively speaking is not much, but every time I read that chapter, it's, it's, it's a whirlwind of excitement, especially just the way it leads up to the very end with the, uh, with the great chariot of Christianity. I don't know what his exact verb is, thundering through the heavens, heresies sprawling. I love I just love that imagery. It was so exciting the first time I read it and I come back to it every time I can.
0: I think that's one of my favorite chapters too. I think I frankly i like that chapter better than the very the last chapter of orthodoxy well fantastic today we're doing something a little bit different because i am on vacation in san diego and we are visiting catholic answers so thomas is over here and i said would you like to discuss an essay with me this is something that we might might try to do a little bit more of over the coming months bring on some chesterton lovers to talk about some of his shorter works. He's written a lot of essays. So the one that we're talking about today um, is uh, about the advantages of of having one leg. And it's from Tremendous Trifles. If you've never read any of those essays, I would recommend it. They're all about they're roughly (laughs) two pages long. And (laughs) yes, and about trifles. So they'll make you laugh, but also teach you something uh, meaningful. So let's jump right in. Right on. What do you think Chesterton is saying about complaints in this essay? He talks um, at the beginning about basically someone who visits someone who's lost their spouse. You know, the person who's visiting is trying to say something consoling to the widow and says, I think one can live through these great sorrows and even be the better. What wears one is the little worries. And then he kind of goes on to talk about how people complain about all these tiny things in their life, their lives. So what, what were your thoughts on what he says about complaints?
1: I felt kind of seen when he, uh, <laughs> when he, when he, when he put that, that bit out right at the beginning, the, what wears one is the little worries. Cause I, I found myself as soon as I read that, I was like, yeah, that's so true. Isn't it? What wears one is the little worries. And he goes on about like, yeah, but you don't really feel that bad about it. And I was like, shoot, you, you got me, GK. You got me. <laughs> But I, I thought it was really poignant how he, uh, later on, you know, down in the next paragraph, he, mm. he he talked about people with great troubles often talk about little ones. And he said that, mm. and that's what he says, like, in that sense, that's when it's most true that the little worries are most wearying, yeah. is, uh, yeah. is is how he puts it. So he seems to, uh, he, he, he doesn't say that those little worries are nothing. And so he, I, I don't think he's... Uh, upset about any complaining at all. Like yeah, don't yeah. do it at all. But uh it is a little bit of a uh a a lesson against um gosh. Like making he he uses the making mountains out of molehills yes. analogy. <laughs> I was right? just gonna say, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. A lesson against that. And I don't wanna say like it's something as as uh, silly, not silly. Something as cliche as count your blessings. Yeah. Cause Chesterton yeah. doesn't like trade in cliche very often. Yeah. Not in the way we normally do, but he, he does want us to, uh, to not act so noble. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm yeah. Kind of falsely.
0: No, 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 I agree. He kind of talks about the person who says, um, well, I would wear the crown of thorns if I had to, exactly. um, And they, but they, you know, they complain about the tiny thing that's bothering them or the guy who's like, like, you know, I, I would handle an elephant, but he knows there are no elephants in his country. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so it's kind of this like false sense of, um, tragedy in your own life, I guess. And like, how, how hard is your life really? Right. Um,
1: right. Yeah. It's it's like, it's not first world problems so much as it's like, (laughs) so much as it's, uh, making yourself out to be someone who could handle worse than first world problems. Yeah. I liked, yeah. I liked the part where he, uh, what do you say? Where he said, the lady may excuse herself for reviling the crumpled rose leaf by reflecting with what extraordinary dignity she would wear the crown of thorns if she had to. And one of the things I thought with that passage and the other examples he gave afterwards was like one of the answers, one of the, like the classical answer to the problem of evil, right? Is that, uh, God permits evil, permits bad things. Uh, In order to bring greater goods out of them and philosophically Mm -hmm. that's true but if you're really going through it if you're really experiencing personal evil and tragedy you find it really hard to see that that is what's happening yeah and you know you cry out to god and you're like why would you allow this yeah and so for my part i have i mean I'm, i'm blessed to not have had a whole lot of really hard tragedy in my life. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier for me to swallow the philosophical answer to that. Sure. It's it's easier for me to yeah. say, well, yeah, God permits great evil uh, to uh, uh, to allow a greater good for yeah. it. Yeah. But at the same time, I kind of have to know in the back of my mind, like, how hard have I really been pushed to accept that in, like, yeah. when stuff really gets real?
0: Yeah. As usual, Chesterton shows that he's a great study of human nature because... I, when I read this, I thought, no, I I understand. I've seen this before. If someone loses their spouse or even if honestly, even if you've just maybe had like a bad breakup or, you know, you've lost your job, like some, something big and emotional has happened for you. Something difficult's happened for you. It is the, sometimes that little thing that breaks the camel's back, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you try, you try to do something and it goes wrong, and it's like maybe you burn your dinner that night, and like it, all of a sudden, well, maybe not you, but I, right. uh, you know, I might be in tears right. if I lose my job that day, and then this little thing happens where I like, you know, burn my food or whatever. So right. I liked how he kind of painted that imagery, and I think he's kind of making a logical. I don't know, exception for those people who are like, they're really going through it. Mm-hmm. And it's like these little things just feel kind of like adding insult to injury. Mm. But he's, yeah, he's talking about the people who are not going through it. Right. <laughs> that don't have tragedy. And right. and when he says, you know, we may concede that a straw may break the camel's back, but we like to know that it, r- it is really the last straw yeah. and not the first. <laughs>
1: yeah. I had to read that a couple times to make sure <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like don't have this false humility. Mm-hmm. Be and and be grateful for for what you do have. What do you think about when he says to appreciate anything, we must all always isolate it. This was a part of the essay that I found more confusing. Yes. Um, yes, and and David and I kind of chatted about it, and we were kind of saying maybe it's with perfect clarity that you can see something that is by itself with nothing around it to cloud it but mm. i what were your thoughts on that yeah
1: i i wrestled with this paragraph for <laughs> for a good stretch i mean you can see it's the most marked up on yeah. here and i'm not sure anything i wrote next to it was actually right but yeah i i i, I like that as a, as a starting point that that yeah it's just it removes confusion from it and so the mm. the the most uh the most clarity you can get on humanity right is by examining a single man out in the middle of nowhere yeah there's nothing else to confuse him but then it gets a little more complicated when he says so long as he is a single figure he means all that humanity means and a little bit later add another figure and the picture is less human not more so
0: yeah and that's confusing that is confusing yeah that is confusing because
1: uh, because as as
0: but he says if we wish to depict what a man really is Mm -hmm. and so it that man specifically, and not right. him in relation, I guess, to right. anything else or anyone else.
1: And I guess maybe depict is an important verb there because I'm kind of, I was kind of taking to appreciate anything, we must always isolate it to mean like, that's is is he saying that's the same thing as to understand or to yeah, like or to yeah.
0: like visualize I, I see it
1: and and see it for what it is. Yeah. And to and so you say if we wish to depict what a man really is, we must depict a man alone in a desert. That makes it a little more clear if yeah. if if what you're saying is like to see whole and entire what a man is. Yeah, it's easier to see that when it's just one alone in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and if you add another one, then that might make things confusing, simply from the fact of like uh, both they both essentially have what it is to be man. They both are essentially men, but they also have like accidental differences like hair color, height, maybe yes. maybe gender, maybe you know whatever, and that might cloud the picture more yeah. uh, in the way of seeing, like, okay, well, what we're really looking yeah. at is a rational animal, and that's what man is.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but then, so I, I started thinking of it that way, Yeah. but then I got down to the Tower of Giotto example, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, okay, wait, that doesn't seem the same, because... Because he's, but what he said was really true about it. One tower of Giotto is sublime. A row of towers of Giotto would be only like a row of white posts.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't be spectacular if it were just this common thing.
1: Exactly, and so that got me thinking. Like, well, okay, in that case, there wouldn't be accidental differences besides like Mm, number. mm -hmm. Sure, uh, but it would still detract from the glory of the Tower of Geod- I had to Google yeah. it to make sure what it was. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> I googled about five things okay. in this essay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but but yeah, it would it would take away from the glory of it if you saw mm. a bunch in a row. Mm. And so that made me think. Well, maybe what he's saying is that if you if you uh... repeat something that's truly unique that kinda makes it banal right yeah Why you know if you it, yeah that's why, that's why i have to space out my in-and-out visits right because if i had a <laughs> dub every, every single day, day. <laughs> you know yeah. eventually i get sick of it if that's even possible yeah. but you know if you if you if you have one tower of geodo in the mm. sea of everything else just sticking up out there it's 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 glorious yeah but then you, when you repeat it it gets banal and yeah so i thought So I had, like, both of those explanations for both of those examples, the man and the tower, and I wasn't sure how they went together, but just maybe he means both. Maybe he means it all all around.
0: I think some of his examples paint a clearer picture than others, like the tower does for me. And then when he talks about, he says, the poetry of love and following the single woman. It's like those examples make sense to me. Mm. And I guess what I came to in, in the end of this portion of it was that he's not saying that you literally have to get each thing alone by yeah. itself in order to appreciate it or in order to really under like you said understand what it is in the case of his leg that seeing it alone or seeing it as the special thing that it is mm. does really create the best appreciation for it he talks about a like a le- his leg right mm. he sprained his foot and so he can he can only when he does stand he can only stand on one leg and You know, when I first read this and then this whole thing about isolation, you know, people have two legs and they're pretty similar usually. But then I was thinking about it. It's like not they're not exactly the same, though. So like he's even having an appreciation for like the very slight differences of his legs. And then he's had this injury. So one leg is very different from the other leg right now Mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. Um, so in
1: that case he has actually isolated a leg by like making it the only leg that does leg things yeah yeah (laughs) yeah right
0: yeah and it's the only leg that can get stronger at this point it's the only leg that serves him at this point yeah Mm. okay anyway and then (laughs) I guess to go back to one other funny thing before we we get to the end of this was the William III dying (laughs) on a molehill I had to look this up so he has this, for those of you who haven't read it, he has this whole section in the essay about William III died on a molehill. And I'm like, okay, he's he's saying he died over something kind of silly. Right. But his horse literally tripped over a molehill. Oh, that's absolutely <laughs> He broke his <laughs> collarbone. And then he got pneumonia, dude, when he was like trying to recover. So he really did die um, over, a over a molehill. So hill. it's like uh, we got two things here: don't the, make too big of a deal out of little things and things that are unique. Mm-hmm. We must appreciate for their, for their uniqueness. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What were you gonna say, Tom? Uh, I was I
1: was about to say like that that was that was the section like the the little aside he makes where he's like I don't deny that molehills can be important and and yeah. he was saying like yeah these yeah. small annoyances like they're they're annoying because you can't see him and everything. And you know what? Every now and then it could actually take a guy out, I guess. Yeah. But then he goes on to say like, but y- you know, you still like, just be cool about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. really not that, that big a deal. And, yeah. and, you know, William the Third. you know, maybe it was supposed to happen that way. He didn't say that, but <laughs> 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 you know, is it too he's, soon? He's
0: kind of know. laughing at well, Yeah. Is <laughs> it <laughs> too soon, William? Yeah. No, it's, it's really great too. In that, in that paragraph, he kind of goes to say, um, you know, we should, We should even go so far as to be happy about the inconveniences Mm -hmm. that befall us. And that's part of like the Christian understanding of life is actually having an appreciation of the suffering that we have to undergo. Mm -hmm. I love the list of examples that he gives because you can tell that they're they are all things that are personal for him. Bad weather, England, (laughs) confinement to this or that house or room, his foot, (laughs) failure of appointments or arrangements, he's always late or confused, waiting at... Railway stations, doesn't know where he's going. Missing posts, finding unpunctuality when we want punctuality, or, and this is my favorite part, what is worse, finding punctuality when we don't. But I love what he says about basically, you know, like take these things in stride and just have a good attitude about them. And maybe because he was a person who lost his train of thought a lot and didn't keep his own appointments and things, he had to have a good attitude about them because they happened all the time. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Right.
0: So at the end of this essay, he talks about what the secret to gratitude is and what he's learned from standing on one leg. What were your thoughts on the end of the essay?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I I wrote a little thing at the bottom. I I tried to make a little list. Just said benefits. (laughs) I love it. What did he get out of it? And the three I came up with were gratitude, wonder, and piety. Mm. Uh, And... I think that was because the last paragraph was the paragraph that I understood the most out of yeah. out of the whole yeah. thing. And he says uh, th- the line I really liked was when he said uh, well I'll read the, I'll read the first two lines. Uh, yeah. It says all pessimism has a secret optimism for his object, which was confusing at first, but I read on. All surrender of life, all denial of pleasure, all darkness, all austerity, all desolation has for its real aim this separation of something so that it may be poignantly and perfectly enjoyed. Mm. Uh so what I thought of when I read that was, was uh, the purposes of fasting and mortification. Mm. And what happens when you deny yourself something for a while and then when you come back to it finally, mm. it, it feels amazing. You, like it, uh, the, the example I thought of was I did Exodus 90 a few years ago, the thing where you give up a whole bunch of stuff and mm-hmm. do hot showers for 90 days. Got tons of benefit from it, but I remember very vividly one week uh, you, you, ha- you have to give up like all sugary drinks and alcohol and stuff. And one week, I was thinking like, okay, on Sunday when they, when you're allowed to relax one thing on Sunday, I'm gonna have my drink, and it's gonna taste incredible. And yeah, and sure enough, that Sunday I poured myself my rum and coke, and I had it. And I was like, wow, <laughs> taste and see that the, <laughs> that the Lord, Lord is, is good. good, right? <laughs> and so that really drove it. home the point that I, I I liked how he said poignantly and perfectly enjoyed mm. because when you when Especially in, you know, first world society where you're bombarded with, with, with everything you could want and more in, yeah. in, in sensory instantly. delight. Yeah. Instantly, yeah. You suddenly, you, you do start to make small idols out of them, and suddenly you don't really see God as your mm. true final aim and source of all goodness. And when you voluntarily get rid of all of that, suddenly you see uh, you see God come into the picture more. Mm. It takes a little while, but you see him come into the picture more. And then... When you actually get to have the thing again, however briefly, you enjoy it more poignantly because you haven't had it for a while and you've forgotten how good it is, and you enjoy it more perfectly because you've reordered yourself towards God as your final end, and you see, like, this is why he gave this to us so that it would direct our gaze upward and make Mm. us more grateful for it. Yeah. So that's why I said he, he, he had gratitude and wonder from it. Yes. Because... Dang that rum and coke tasted way better than any I'd had before or after. <laughs> and then yeah, he also yeah. had piety because it, it makes you it, it it gives a little more of that fear of the Lord back to you that this came mm. from him and without him you wouldn't have I mean, forget a rum and coke, you wouldn't have your legs. You wouldn't yes. have any of it.
0: Yeah. That's so yeah, that's such a great point that the gratitude allows you to view things in the right order, in the correct order mm. and therefore to give Your gratitude back to god who gives us everything Mm -hmm. yeah awesome what'd you think i uh, no i i wow that i mean (laughs) i think you took it to a better place than i even um i even did when i was preparing for it this hit home very much for me because i sprained my ankle like four weeks ago now and for really only two or three days i couldn't walk on it but it gave me a real appreciation for the tiny things that go right all the time, mm-hmm. so as I was finishing reading this essay, I kept thinking, I'm so blessed that like most of the time, my body is totally functioning and healthy, and yeah. I can like take care of small things and and so to have kind of a little thing go wrong, like I sprained my ankle, it's not the end of the world, it's painful, it's yeah. inconvenient, but I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of made me grateful for the boring yet beautiful daily things in my life. Right, um,
1: right, right. And that's why he says uh, this world and all our powers in it are far more awful and beautiful than even we know until some accident reminds us. Yes. And that was, that was really cool. The next line, the one that you read at the beginning, if you wish to perceive that limitless felicity, limit yourself if only for a moment. Yes. And we forget like how, how many cool things our bodies can do. Yeah. I mean the Olympics are on right now and we're like we're we're seeing people do ridiculous jumps and stuff like okay cool. So that's what the human body is capable of at its heights, but I couldn't do something like that. Well, I don't know. Hang on a second. Like you you could see how much just one leg could do if you if you got rid of the other one. (laughs) And so like he he really does seem to be writing this for the everyman. Yeah. And saying you're 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 capable of more than you know because God gave you all of this, and if you take away a little bit of it even for a minute suddenly you'll find out how much, in isolation, something yes. else can do on its own.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the whole
1: point, right, is, is you appreciate something, you isolate. Mm. And when, you, when it's not, when your one leg isn't aided by the other leg, suddenly it's going to do some pretty wild stuff.
0: Yeah. I love this essay for Lent as we're, yeah. uh, you know, we're, well, I don't know, in the Byzantine it's like four weeks away now. But anyway, I was just talking to a friend who is new-ish to Lent and talking about why we give things up like why do we give anything up and take on um extra prayer um during lent and i was saying to her it it allows us to make space for god and you know in the same way that not like let's say we give up cake or something we really enjoy for lent and then we have it and when we have it it tastes so good or you know we appreciate it so much that we say thank you God for Mm -hmm. this beautiful thing and when we don't have it during the difficult moments maybe we're hungry because we're fasting from lunch or whatever it is we also turn to God in those moments and we say God please help help me to do this because Mm -hmm. this is difficult for me but Mm -hmm. it, it helps us to master ourselves and to have this real appreciation for the good things in our life.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wonderful. It, it, that that last that last paragraph really hit home. It was my favorite.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I love how he I love how he writes, and I love the word felicity. <laughs> I learned that when I read this through yeah, yeah. several times before we did this. Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, colorful little word there. Yeah. yeah, and the last line is just so fantastic. If you want to realize the splendid vision of all visible things, wink the other eye. Mm-hmm. So simple. Mm-hmm. And that's Chesterton. Appreciate what is around you. Be filled with gratitude and wonder and uh, keep things rightly ordered and life will be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot truly, of fun. That's what he's about. Thomas, thank you so much for coming on this today. This
1: is great fun. Let's yeah. do it
0: again. <laughs> yes, let's do it again yeah. sometime. Um, if you want to get in contact with uh, me or with Grace, you can reach us at fights with chesterton at gmail.com we appreciate hearing from you and we will catch you next time we are starting a novel soon the man Who Was thursday and we're really looking forward to discussing that book with you uh, may you all enjoy lives of wit and whimsy cheers cheers